He's a stubborn New Hampshire masshole, giving hard-hitting opinions on Boston sports that nobody else has the courage to do. He has philosophical thoughts that will keep you up at night, and he hates generic business jargon. Wake up in the morning with your mother's favorite podcaster, Roddy B. Give me them blues. Count it up. Watch me pipe on you. Pipe up. I'ma go and bust my move. Fucking no friend by the two. Two. I've been approved. You can't get in. I'ma talk by ten and flex on you. Flex. Hmm. I've been up. Huh. Uh, hey, hey. We've been up. Uh, uh, hey, hey. I've been up. Huh. Uh, hey, hey. I had to grind for days. Grind. I've been up. I can't sleep. What's wrong? Make said my lips on her tongue. Came a long way. We all on. Mm-mm. Plain Jane cost a 50 Main things in my mentions Man. They don't really know the how Man. They don't really know the distance Told them that I was gonna make it, they laugh Didn't believe in my decision nope. I try to tell them they ain't listen nope. They blind, they can't see the vision My bitch is bad and they pay the tell I fuck her one time, I know she gonna come back around, back around. I been getting that paper way back in the day But this shit getting crazy now crazy. Hello, hello Welcome to the podcast I am your host, Roddy B I am joined today by a very special guest who approached me with a great idea. I am joined by my very own one of two brothers, Connor. Say hello, Connor. Come in. Do you read me? What is up? Wow. Great intro. Are you nervous? (laughs) No, not at all. I'm really excited. I've been listening to all of your stuff, man, and it's been really exciting to see your growth and progression, so I appreciate you letting me get on here. Hell yeah, Connor's been one of my biggest supporters. He actually does believe in the podcast, so I appreciate him. And uh, he approached me with the idea of kind of being my hype man for these podcasts. And I thought it was a fantastic idea because it takes a lot of pressure off me. Because sometimes it's weird just talking to thin air. So Connor is going to be in the background, and we'll have discussions that will hopefully provide more insight from different points of views. Now, <clears throat> let's catch up on some Boston sports. Have you uh, have you watched the Red Sox recently at all? Paid attention at all? I have been consuming some Red Sox television. Um, I am hooked on the show, mm. which is, for those of you that don't know, the MLB version of uh, a video game. And that has made me refine my passion for baseball. I love the sport. And recently, anytime they're on national television, I will be watching them. Um, I watched them play the Yankees two nights ago with dad when he was in town helping me move. Um, and it was, it was exhilarating. There's, there's nothing better than a, a baseball game that's close where you can feel the tension you have you know Xander Bogarts up to bat and there's two people on you're down by two and he throws in a little double to bring everybody home and give you the lead um, I think that's very exciting and, and it's a little different than a lot of the other sports that we watch when you pay attention to baseball it's a really exciting sport when you really you know put your phone down and Put your, you know, loaded nachos down and kind of watch what's going on. It does. It is really tense sport, and 
there's a lot of pressure on the batter and the hitter in a lot of different situations, and it's really exciting. But anyways, um, the Red Sox have won five in a row. And, yeah, they are rolling. Yeah, including a sweep on the hated New York Yankees. God, the Yankees annoy me so much. They really do, man. I, I honestly, I love their uniforms, <laughs> but <laughs> I I do hate the Yankees. I miss the old rivalry we used to have when it was uh, Manny Ramirez, David Ortiz, Jason Veritek. Who is the one guy? Mark Bellhorn. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin against, Euclid. <laughs> against uh, Hideki Matsui. Yeah, Euclid. Um, Jorge Posada, Jeter, A-Rod. Oh, those are the golden days. Early 2000s of uh, Boston Red Sox was the golden age. Definitely agree. Yeah, and you know what? The Boston is doing really well this year. I don't know their record, but they're way above 500, and I believe they're first in the AL East. Um, half a game back. We're looking good, though. Oh, half a game back? Yep. Oh, wow. Who's in front? Yankees? Uh, the Rays are having a phenomenal season. So. Wow. We have probably the best division in baseball right now, um, with the exclusion of the Orioles, because the Orioles are very bad this year. Um, They're always got so a lot spare. Of potential. Yeah, they, they tend to kind of ruin the the players' careers of those players that they get, like Manny Machado and Chris Davis and Miguel Tejada Davis. Yeah, yeah. So. They're, they're just kind of a, a, a cursed sports town. They've obviously had one of the greatest of all time in Cal Ripken and and his consistency being matched by no other. So um, it's been fun to play against the Orioles over the years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. The Boston Bruins lost 5-4 to four last night. I watched the entire game. Uh we got to we got down five to two at one point uh, going into the third or no uh, the Islanders scored their fifth goal early in the third down five two we get two goals right back five four and then we we tried to pull the goalie at the end Rask actually didn't play most of the third period they had the rookie I believe his last name is Simon I could be wrong though there's probably a Bruins listener punching his dashboard right now <laughs> but <clears throat> we are down three two after a strong effort towards the end of that game uh we're going back to to new york playing in the nassau coliseum i i think we're gonna win game six what do you think uh i think i think we've been the better team in this series um the island the shots were 44 to 19 it's in ridiculous. favor of boston it's ridiculous and the islanders play a very unique style of hockey where it's really difficult to get any momentum on the offensive side. Mm. Um, they, they block the net very well. Um, they move the puck very well, especially when you're doing like an outlet pass, um, ooh, ooh, outlet. Um, mm. so <laughs> they, they just play a different kind of hockey than, than what is traditional. And, um, it's, it's been tough. I think we've been the better team, but what matters yeah. in hockey is how many, no pucks you put in the net and right now we're down three two and we're going away so I, I would lie if I uh, I would be lying if I said I wasn't nervous but I think we have a good chance the Islanders have been pinching and pulling haven't they they have definitely been pinch pulling and probably rolling wow they have so, been hot take we're talking about sports here 
on the podcast. Uh, not to mention the Wally Media name, which is the most spare podcast name um, that I've recognized, will be having a name change. Whoa! This is non disclosure! Let's go around the horn. Um, yeah, there will be a new logo and a name coming soon, and I've run it past a lot of my friends, and they are totally on board with it. And I think it's a brilliant name, and it's going to stick, and we're, it's going to create some hilarious bits. Uh, and I'll, I'll just leave it at that. I will release the name and the logo at a time of my choosing. And let's just go from there. Uh, so, so Connor approached me with a fun hypothetical that he wanted to do for his first episode as kind of his initiation, if you would. Um, <clears throat> he is a big fan of the MMA and UFC. So he wanted to come up with some MMA fights between NFL and NBA players, which I thought was an awesome, awesome idea. Uh, he wanted to do a fantasy draft at first, but I was like, yeah, it might take a little too much time. And, you know, what are we really doing here? We're, there's no way of getting any points or anything like that. So I figured, why don't we just come up with some some cool matchups that we think would, you know, create a huge draw or just be a great fight in general, you know? Am I doing a good job of uh, explaining that, Connor? Yeah, absolutely. Um, like you said, I'm a big fan of the MMA. And there's one person in particular um, that was the reason why I created or came up with this idea. Um, and I'm, I'm really interested to, to go through this, get your opinion on it, and, and kind of go back and forth. Okay, cool. So how many did you come up with? I came up with five. Five, okay. I came up with four. That's great. Perfect. So why don't, why don't you start us off? We have the measurements, and we have the names, obviously. Um, yeah, do it however you want. We'll just alternate and debate, and we can kind of talk about who we think would win or what the scenarios could be. Um, yeah, go for it. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so like I said, there was one person in particular that I was thinking about when I came up with this idea, and that was Aaron Donald. Could <laughs> you imagine stepping into any sort of physical arena with Aaron Donald looking at you with his shirt off, pecs looking like mountain ranges, uh, more fortuitous than the mountains over here in Colorado. Um, didn't so, he get into a? Didn't he get into a little fight outside of a bar recently? Uh, he shoved somebody, so I wouldn't say it was a fight. But didn't uh, he go flying that person? <laughs> uh, a little bit. It was a weak <laughs> shove, and he still flew. So uh, oh, that Aaron guy's Donald life flashed is, before his eyes. Yeah, yeah, it's a little unfair. Um, which segues into my opponent mm. uh, for Aaron Donald, which is the field. Um, <laughs> I don't think anybody is beating Aaron Donald. <laughs> okay. Well. You know what? That's that's perfect uh, because I have an opponent for him. Okay, perfect. I think Montez Sweat. Ooh, okay. I'll give you their measurements. Um, Aaron Donald, 6'1", 284. Montez Sweat, 6'6", 262. Mm. I, st I still think Aaron Donald would kill him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's one of those things where... You've got a huge reach advantage, huge, you know, height advantage for sweat. But if you get on the floor 
against Aaron Donald, you're not getting up. I don't care who you are. You're not getting up. You're getting choked out. You're going to get ground and pounded until you cry to your mom and, and somebody calls off the fight. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's losing. I don't think so either. And I feel like he could definitely fight. He does like those... Um, he does this weird exercise where his trainer will hold knives and they look like they're sharp knives and he'll just dodge the knives. And so he definitely has done like some fighting training before and he is... Pound for pound, pound for pound, probably the best athlete in the world. Oh, absolutely. And 284 in a 6'1 frame with probably less than 2% body fat. Yeah. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. If football doesn't work out, he can also go into bodybuilding. If he, wants to do <laughs> he can model for anything. If he yeah, wants to for too. sure. So I, that's why I think that making a bracket for this would be totally irrelevant just because we think Aaron Donald would just sweep the whole field. Oh, yeah. 100%. So what's your next one? So my next one, this is a little interesting. Um, this is going to be a two versus two matchup. Um, oh, a little so tag in. Exactly. On one side, you have Marcus and Marquise Morris. Mm, Marquise. Marquise himself. So to give you their measurements, oddly a little different. Different. They are identical twins, but a little different. Marcus is 6'9", 236. Markeef is 6'8", 245. So Keith is shorter and heavier. Um, and I will have these two brawlers going against the Watt brothers. Wow. Who are heavier and shorter. I think this would be a very interesting fight. So you'd have JJ... Likely against Markeith, who's a little heavier, and then you'd have TJ against Marcus, who is five inches shorter and the same weight. So that is fantastic. I love that matchup. And here's what I think would happen. I think Marcus would beat JJ. I've seen JJ do a firefighter workout, and he got pretty winded pretty quickly. And there are a lot of correlations between, you know, firefighting workouts and boxing workouts. You know, it's quick rounds and rest. It's kind of hit workout type stuff. And he got pretty gassed. So I think Marcus Morris would beat uh, JJ Watt's ass. And also, you have to remember that these Morris twins are about that life. They are definitely about that life. They have been in a couple fights in their life. Uh, but I actually think TJ would beat Markeith. What do you think? Um, I I think I agree. I think the biggest point is you you just made it. They're about that life, and I don't see the Watts having the aggression or the willpower to even fight these guys. Yeah. Um, I just think they're too nice. Um, and then, like you said, with cardio too, I I think the the Morris twins would just run around them. Mm-hmm. Um, Kind of the same as Aaron Donald, though. You get J.J. Watt down on the ground with Marcus Morris, it's over. Yeah, that's true. Uh, J.J. Watt is not going to you know, lose that battle. But um, with the reach and the size difference there, I think the Morris twins have a, a really good shot at winning that fight. Yeah. What did you, how, did you, how tall did you say um, the Watt brothers were? 6'5 for J.J., 6'4 for T.J. Jeez. So not short. Yeah, yeah. The other way, they're freaks. Uh, and by the way, Marcus Morris was a killer against the Mavericks. Um, no, it, it was fun having him on the Celtics for a little bit. He uh, 
he was a good role player for I us. I forgot for sure. he played for the Celtics. Yeah. Oh my god, Remember he was that, actually pretty good. In the playoffs, they had a a little conspiracy theory because they had Markeith in the stands watching the game, and Marcus Morris, who had been playing pretty badly for a few games, all of a sudden started going off. So there was a theory that Markeith and Marcus had actually switched, and no Markeith was on the floor playing. <laughs> There's no way it actually happened, but the the theory itself and and the I think that's entertaining. That would oh, be that's so, so funny! funny. I'm definitely gonna look into that. That's great. Oh, that's awesome. Can you hear me? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Oh, absolutely. All right. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think we're kind of split on that one. My next matchup is uh, NFL versus NBA. Um, George Kittle versus Jimmy Butler. Oh, man. Now that's sinking. Huh? I, I think Kittle's crazy, dude. <laughs> yeah, I think he <laughs> looks like an MMA guy. Uh, yeah. Kittle's 6'4", 250. Jimmy is 6'7", 230. So they kind of even out there. Oh, that would be a great fight. I would love to watch that. Yeah, because Jimmy's about that life, too. Yeah, Jimmy, I would put, I would bet on Jimmy 90% of the time if he fought. There's very few people I would, you know, pick to beat him. Right. I, I think George Kittle's one of them. Wow. Okay. I honestly don't know who I would pick to beat this. I think it would be a knockout victory. Um, and I'll, I'll say Kittle, I'll say Kittle as well. I just, I think he's a freak and he's crazy. Um, and he's a little, he's a little annoying to be honest, but yeah. And that, that'll translate perfectly in the room. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It'll just get on Jimmy's nerves and yeah, but you know what? I would be rooting for Jimmy. No doubt. I would too. I love me some Jimmy Butler. He's a, he's a hometown hero of ours. Oh yeah. And he's a, he's a big time competitor. He's the ultimate competitor. Um, what's your next one? So my next one, and kind of the reason why I did this was just to basically highlight the the difference in height for NFL players and NBA players. Because in my mind, when I thought of this matchup, I was like, okay, we've got a tall wide receiver from the NFL versus a tall player from the NBA. Yeah, uh, this is going to match up perfectly. And then I pulled their weights and boy, was I wrong. So hmm. my NFL wide receiver who he catches a lot. So I'd be willing to bet he'd want to catch these hands. <laughs> Maybe D hop. The Andre Hopkins, six foot one, 212 pounds. He's six, six, one, six, one. I thought he was 6'4 or 5. I did too. I thought he was even upwards of 6'6. Six, six. Yeah. 6'1. Wow, that's going to be more impressive. And D Hop will be stepping into the ring with the snake himself, Kevin Durant. Whoa. Who is 6'10, 240. You know what you do if you're DeAndre Hopkins? Leg kicks. <laughs> 
you shatter Kevin Durant's shins and it's over. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> I don't think KD is taking many leg kicks. Yeah. I, I, I give me DeAndre Hopkins just because um, whoever would train him would definitely tell him to do that. And I think he would take him down. Yeah, 100%. I'm going the same way. I, I won't root for KD in anything except for FanDuel Fantasy. All <laughs> right, no kidding. <laughs> you and I have gotten into it. We've done really well. It's it's been fun. Uh, Mike Conley's out tonight, by the way. So uh, if you have him on a lineup, get rid of him. I did see that. Okay, that ends that conversation. Um, <laughs> my next one might be my favorite matchup. It's Tom Brady versus Tim Duncan. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right, so so Tom Brady is 6'4", 225, and Tim Duncan is 6'11", 250. We'll say they're both 32 years old. Oh, man, that is the slowest fight you'll ever watch. Yeah, that'll be pretty There's soft. no pace in that at all. Who would win? I'd go Tim. I think so, too. Yeah, I, I don't even have to think about it that much. I, I don't think Tom Brady could win in a fight against anybody. <laughs> but we are putting Tom Brady and win in the same sentence. That's true. So you never know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But yeah, give me Tim to knock him out. <laughs> give me all day. Yeah. All right, what's your next one? You got two more, right? I do have two more, yes. Two more. All right, go. Okay, so the first player is my favorite player on the Celtics. Riley, what is his name? Marcus Smart. There you go. The scrappy boy himself. I would pick Marcus Smart in a fight against almost anybody, Mm -hmm. um, including this person who I would love to see get knocked out and lay on the canvas with the eyes in their back of their head. Odell Beckham Jr. Not actually going to at this person because I wouldn't want to throw hands with him myself. Uh, but it is Patrick Beverly. Oh, he's so annoying. God, he's he looks so like a character annoying. from The Wire. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would love to watch Marcus Smart sit in the ring for 15 minutes, three rounds, five minutes each with Patrick Beverly. Yeah, I don't think it's going three rounds. But Give me Marcus Smart. Absolutely. No doubt. This is just a fun one where I get to see my favorite player knock out somebody I cannot stand. Yeah, I, I am totally in agreement with you. I think Beverly uh, is a little fake, to be honest. He's not very coordinated. He kind of masks his energy with his defense. Um, and that's pretty much all he's got. I mean, he can shoot the three a little bit, but we're not even talking about basketball. We're talking about fighting. But I think he's a little bit of a faker. No, I think he 100% is. He's a bench guy. Uh, he's he's exactly what Marcus Smart is. He's an energy tool, except Marcus Smart actually produces and he has provides substance energy. to him. Yeah, exactly. I like that one a lot. I would take Marcus Smart in a knockout. I think Beverly's not about that day. life. Um. Okay. Here's my last one. Also a great one. I know we said not to do, you know, all-time players, but who who cares? Whatever. Um, There's no rules. Yeah, whatever. Larry Johnson, the uh, athletic freak uh, in the NBA, who a lot 
compare him to Zion and Charles Barkley. Mm-hmm. They're kind of in that little little ring of athleticism in the NBA. Against my favorite receiver in the game today, DK Metcalf. If you know me, you know I'm a giant fan of DK Metcalf. I was a little down on him pre-draft just because I'd never heard his name before, but I quickly changed my mind, and he is incredible. I love DK Metcalf, and he will be the best receiver in the league, um, maybe even this year or next wow. year. Wow. Yeah, he's so good. That Watch is out. a very interesting matchup that you just created, though. Yeah, I two think, athletic freaks, yeah. you know, two outliers in their sports. Yeah, I think if that's a if that fight stays in the first round, Larry Johnson wins. Oh yeah, if that okay. fight goes past the first round, that's a DK Metcalf win all day. I'm gonna read you their measurements, and you guess who's who. Okay, six four two thirty. And six seven two thirty five. Uh, I'm gonna go Metcalf and then Johnson. Yeah, duh, because it's basketball. He's gonna be taller. <laughs> You're right. 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 I knew Larry Johnson was tiny, so I, when you said six four, I was like, oh, I don't know if he's that small. Right. Right. And yeah, and I 100 percent agree with you. If if we're going uh, heavyweight rules and going for knockout punches, LJ all day. But if we want to go the distance and maybe get on the ground, give me DK. Oh yeah, I I think I agree. Hell yeah, that's a, that's well, a good one. I really like. Well, we're on that topic of uh, DK Metcalf. Why don't we talk about one of his college teammates, AJ Brown, and his now partner in crime, Julio Jones? Wait, what is that your matchup? Thoughts on that? No. What are your thoughts on the just the trade itself? Oh, you know what? Um, I'm glad you brought this up. A lot of times when you pair up with a superstar player, like a prime example that we saw recently is Blake Griffin joining the Nets. They kind of tend to take a step down. Um, Kevin Love joining the Cavs with LeBron and Kyrie is another one. Um, Like a superstar player who has their heyday and then goes to a different team to try and get a ring, they take a big step down. That's what Julio's doing here. He's 32 years old, but in this case, Julio is not going to take a step down. In fact, Mm. I think he'll do even better because they are run heavy, but he will still get his targets. Yeah. You know what it does is it opens up the game for the other two stars in Tennessee. Yeah. You add another outside threat like that and you have to keep people in the safety zone watching the deep ball. If you have A.J. Brown and Julio Jones on opposite ends of the field, you need to have two safeties high, at least. Yeah. So what does that do for Derrick Henry? That unloads the box. Oh, my God. That is so – So they're just – he's going to rest for 2,000 this year. I'm calling it right now, hot sports opinion, mm-hmm. 2,000 yards from Derrick Henry. I mean, nobody's antennas are raising to that opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I, if they can stay healthy and that's always the blanket statement for any team, then that team is going to win. Might, they might be AFC contenders. Who is your AFC contender right now? Um, what? Uh, who are the Cardinals in? The, the West, NFC West. NFC, that's right. Uh, AFC, probably Kansas City if I want to be boring. Uh, mm-hmm. Also give me Tennessee. They've been really good for the past two years, so it's not like they're just going to come out of nowhere. They're still going to be up there. Um, 
I don't think the Steelers are going to be anything to worry about, even though uh, Najee Harris is definitely going to level them up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I give agree. me Tennessee and Kansas City. Uh, wh- what about, uh, we got the Bills and the Browns. What do you think they're going to do this year? Uh, Bills and the Browns. I So one of my favorite players in the league right now is Stephon Diggs. I would love to see Stephon Diggs win a championship. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's doing it with the roster that they have. Um, I see, like you said, I think I see the Chiefs and the Titans. Um, I like those other two picks. But my sleeper pick this year, and it really depends on how their new quarterback performs, is the, the Indianapolis Colts. Mm. I think they have one of the best rosters in sports. And if Carson Wentz can throw a football averagely, I think they have a good shot. They do. And he's back with Frank Reich. Yep. Marriage made in heaven right there. Yeah. That's, you know, they were kind of hovering in the back of my head when I was talking about them. So I think I'm with you there. They'll definitely be in, be in contention. But anyways, let's go to the phones. 617-629 Wally. <laughs> <laughs> let's hear your let's hear your thoughts because that's good radio, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Got to take the phone calls <laughs> <laughs> because we have nothing. Um, okay, uh, is that all for like the stuff? Uh, I do have one more, and I think it's worth going over. Oh yeah, power drive it. Um, so these these two running backs are constantly uh, compared to one another. Uh, they have very similar styles of play. One just tends to be more hurt. Um, so that, that tends to be the only argument in their favor. Um, I, I I don't know if you like how I'm building up every single comment that I've made today. Um, <laughs> no, your setups are great. Perfect. Uh, but the first one is the white version of the muscle hamster, which would be Christian McCaffrey himself. Muscle hamster. 5'11", 205. He has the perfect physique for MMA. Love him. If, Absolutely if he, love him. Two months and he would be in the UFC. Yeah. If you yeah. just had him train, he's in the UFC and he has a shot at contention within a year. Totally agree. Um, that's a very bold prediction, but um, his opponent, um, he might have to take his grill out for this one, yeah. but it's going to be AK 47 Alvin Kamara. Oh boy. That would be the most entertaining fight, I think, from the list that I created. Uh, Alvin Kamara has too much hair. Give me McCaffrey. <laughs> <laughs> the hair's gonna gonna weigh him down. Weigh him down a little bit. I love it. And I th- I think McCaffrey would have a better ground game. I mean, you've seen his freaking legs. They're ginormous. Yeah. What's their measurements? Uh, so you've got they're basically the same. Christian McCaffrey, 5'11", 205, a.k.a. 5'10", 215. Okay. So minimal difference there. Um, they wouldn't have to change weights to fight each other. I, I think this is something that should happen. Oh, yeah, yeah, no kidding. That would be a main <laughs> event. That'd be awesome. I love that, the comparison between those two. I think it's a great talk. I too. Yeah, I think they're the same exact player. Yep, all Christian McCaffrey has to do is score six touchdowns in a game, and then they'll be on the same level. <laughs> that was incredible. I watched that game live. That was pretty cool. He's insane. It'll be fun to watch them this year. I hope McCaffrey's um, 
healthy because uh, I, I, I had him as my MVP last year. You know what's crazy is he's injured all year last year and he's still going to be the consensus number one pick in fantasy. Wow. Yeah, that's going to be tough. You can't pass up on it. Yeah, I would pick him. I would pick him. All right. Well, hey, that was fun for sports talk. Thanks for joining me for that, Connor. Absolutely. Uh, Let's take a hop, skip, and a jump down to a different subject that's been on my mind a lot recently. And I don't know why, honestly, but I'm fascinated with the topic of the American dream and how it has changed over the years and between generations. Uh, I found an article, and it is on biggerpockets.com. It's called The American Dream. How has the definition changed over the years? This is 2019. And in this article, it talked about what the traditional American dream is, and he did a survey to a bunch of juniors in high school, which is uh, Gen Z, about what they think the American dream is. And let's see, where should we start here? Okay. Here is the traditional American dream that this writer came up with. And tell me if this sounds just so vanilla and just so true. There's a bullet, bullet point list of 10 here. One, go to high school and get good grades. Two, go to college and get good grades while probably taking out student loans. Three, get a good job. Four, continue to spend more as one makes more. Generic. Five, get married and have two to three kids and a dog. Six, buy the nicest house and car one can afford, parentheses financing both. Seven, work for 40 plus years to support one's family. Eight, retire at age 65. Nine, enjoy the good life, also generic. Ten, Leave your children a nice inheritance when you die. That sounds about right, right? Yeah, that's like you said, very vanilla, um, but a good game plan, you know. Yeah, def- definitely a good little little baseline, little thing. Um, so here's what I'll just give his name. Jeez, Dan Sheeks. Hate giving the name because these people are never gonna never gonna listen. <laughs> <laughs> that Sandy Cheeks? What was the name? Yeah, yeah, Sandy Cheeks. So Sandy Cheeks of BiggerPockets.com surveyed 100 high school juniors. And here were some of the responses he got. He asked, what is the American dream described in a well-thought-out paragraph on a Google survey? Here's just some quotes that some of the kids gave. It means that I have a nice job and house, making a six-figure salary, Two extremely cute dogs, two or more nice cars, and living in a nice neighborhood. That one's a good one. The American dream is all about finding a woman, then marrying her, and buying a house with your wife, and then raising two kids in that house. Then watching your kids grow up and go off to college. Then, once you and your wife turn 65, you both stop working and live freely. 
that was just a long way of just rephrasing the entire 10 bullet point list. I think the American dream is becoming rich, another kid says. To live in the best house possible, another. Having maybe one or two kids. Another one says, in the past, the American dream was starting a family, owning a home with a white picket fence, going to college, and all the things in between that the generation before us wanted after the violent and war-ridden times of the early 1900s. That's a really good one. And that's kind of how I envision the traditional American dream is the kind of the white picket fence to, you know, walk in your front lawn and say hi to the neighbor who's trimming his bushes. And I'm not talking about, you know, greenery. Um, so here, this is what I'm kind of getting at is here's my definition of the American dream. It's doing what you love and what gives you purpose. It's basically happiness and bliss because money can only get you so far because we see that rich people also get depressed and have extreme anxiety and rich people also commit suicide sometimes. Um, I think that the modern day American dream is about making money while doing nothing. When we think about, you know, COVID, what happened when COVID hit us, con man? Literally the world stopped. And people, people started lost doing their... nothing. Everybody lost money. They lost their jobs. They lost their homes. Uh, some places a lot stronger than others, obviously. Um, but it was it was uh, detrimental, and people. I, I think you're making a great point. Um, people that were, you know, living paycheck to paycheck, or people that are invested in the stock market, they they saw a bunch of dip. Um, and the people that had been living their life just to make money became very sad. Um, and I don't have any research to back this up or anything, but this is just based off of what I've heard from stories and. And, and things like that. But um, you make a very valid point. And, and mine was exactly the same. I think that the American dream is doing whatever you want, as long as it doesn't hurt another person. Um, and, and chasing your dreams, whether that's, you know, making money to support your family, um, whether that's wanting to become an uh, early morning sports radio host, like my, my little brother right here. Mm. Um, whether that's, you know, just wanting to move to Colorado and get away from everything that you've been through in your life. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the first thing that I thought about when you asked me what I thought about the American dream um, was, and I'm not going to get too into it, but I tried the prototypical American dream. You know, like I tried to go down that path where it's like, you know, I just get the nice job. I, I find somebody to marry. I have kids and, and that's my life. Right. Right. I absolutely want that. I've always wanted to be a dad. Um, but I've grown so much more patient and waiting for the right person oh, yeah. just because you cannot, you know, force a relationship to happen. You cannot force a, a marriage or, you know, parenthood, um, I, I think that I have to be smart about it and put myself in a position so that I can be happy, my kids can be happy, my wife can be happy, 
and we're all set to do what we want. Patience is a is a big thing. I think that's probably the biggest key. And I think that's why people our age and millennials and Gen Zers get anxious and depressed at such young ages is because we're on social media too much and we're seeing other people who are much older than us and have much more life experience um, be successful. Like one, one celebrity that always comes to my mind is Dwayne Johnson, like the rock, like you're following Dwayne Johnson and he's given all these life advice and advice and stuff. And, but he's also filthy rich. And so people are getting jealous. They're like, well, why, why can't I be, you know, the rock? Why, why am I not the rock right now? You know, I'm 22. Why can't I be the rock? Well, it's because it's because he's been through a million things in his life and he's learned lessons and he's worked hard to get to where he's needed. And he didn't let anything get in the way of his goals. He stayed focused and he wasn't, you know, at a young age surfing social media watching other people be successful he was focused on what he's doing and i think that is what the issue is a lot with the american dream of kids our age is they don't want to do anything to get where they want to be now what i was kind of getting at earlier is when covid hit and people lost their jobs what did they apply for unemployment unemployment right and and unemployment i was unemployed for a little while i lost my job at the driving range um, they paid a lot, Connor. They paid a lot. That's a and great I, job. Yeah, and I I was making thirteen hundred bucks every two weeks as a twenty year old. I'm twenty one year old. The COVID hasn't been going on that long. Um, I was twenty one, but I was making you know twenty six hundred dollars a month doing nothing, doing nothing. And that's kind of what I'm getting at here is. That's kind of what we're going for now because we're used to that for the past 15 months is a lot of people are still getting paid a lot by unemployment ever since the shutdown. Like I, I, they talked about a story on the ticket the other day about someone who's making even more than that. They're making, you know, $3,500 a month doing nothing. And I don't think they had any kids. It's like there's some, there's some Biden payment plan up above the unemployment thing but that's stopping soon i think in september or maybe this month they're getting rid of that i don't know i don't read all the news or whatever but passive income is becoming a huge thing like at a younger age it's always been a thing you know um that's kind of what the american dream is nowadays especially for a gen z and a millennial is to do nothing but make a ton of money and become the rock without doing anything, right? A hundred percent. And I actually have a story to piggyback off of that. So you're talking about people staying on an unemployment, some of them making more money than they did while they're working. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm looking at picking up a second job, um, going back to you know bartending slash serving, uh, just for fun, a little you know some part time work. Um, every single restaurant that I've talked to, they're offering bonuses to join their staff strictly because they know people are getting unemployment and they don't want to work and make the same amount or less money. Mm-hmm. Wow. What's the bonus? Uh, some of them are like $500. Some of them are $300. So it's, it's not a crazy amount of money, but like $500, I'll, I'll take that. 
So you're saying for nowadays sure. they're trying to sell you to get a job rather than you having to work for that job because people are at home um, making more money doing nothing than when they were working 30 hours at a restaurant, right? Exactly. Nobody wants to work. And then also there's been this ginormous surge in day trading. Um, and yes. Oh, yeah. yes. Go ahead. And people that, um, you know, getting on Robinhood or these easy access apps where they're doing trading, jumping into crypto, uh, Amazon fulfillment, um, where you like resell mm -hmm. stuff on there. I've seen all of these like get rich quick kind of things. And we're in a point right now where the, the stock market, it's, it's fairly easy to make money. So if you're if you're cashing in on that unemployment check and you've got 40 hours a week to study the stock market and find good stocks, that's not a bad setup. What about uh, FanDuel? You know, FanDuel itself. I mean, <laughs> I both uh, made some good money off FanDuel yesterday. <laughs> so I'm pulling in 50% returns. I might pull out my 401k and just throw no it kidding. all in black. Can't get too greedy <laughs> on that. But yeah, we've been, I doubled my money last night. Yeah. But yeah. It's funny. It's a dangerous game. Um, and that's how it is for all of it, right? That's betting, stock market, anything where there's a chance to lose everything. That just worries me. So I'm, I'm a little interested to see where we go as an economy and with people trying to do their side hustle and make passive income like you're talking about. Yeah, for sure. I'm glad you brought up that whole stock thing. That has become huge. And I mean, you basically said it. People are getting into, you know, foreign exchange trading. They're, oh my God, don't even get me started on that industry of people. They are just so annoying. They, these kids are going to these little meetups, at, uh, this little venue. They're going to the little conference room and everybody's wearing their, you know, their modern little get ups, their little outfits with their no show socks and their penny loafers and their shortcut pants and their, their uh, turtlenecks with the chain oh, coming gosh. down, and they're looking like they're Dwayne the Rock. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're having. Yeah, they're they're wannabe Dwayne the Rock Johnsons. That's a perfect callback. It all comes full circle. You know, what? the first person I thought of when you went on that rant is our cousin. I won't throw his name out there. Um, do you know who I'm referring to? Uh, what does his name start with? It starts with a J. No way. Yeah, that is him. A hundred percent. Oh boy, we'll, we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> we'll roast him another time. He's great. I love that kid. But they do, they do like these little presentations, and they'll be like, "Man, if you just if you reach these goals, man, you don't let anybody get in your way. You can get to that to that place you want to get to, man. You can't let anybody stop you. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. iPhone money. <laughs> you know who's making the money during that exchange though is that person that's talking. Because they get the people to listen to them. Exactly. They make money off referrals. How, how valuable is their advice? You don't know, but you paid a ticket to listen to them. And they're not actually saying anything. No, it's just the same old garbage over and over again. That's all it is. God, yeah, no kidding. I wish I, I had more. so easy. I wish I had some audio on like a, a Forex person giving a presentation. God, we could rip into that. Maybe that's one of our next ones, man. We just pull some clips from uh, these these little how-to seminars and and uh, pull them apart and notice the the similarities between them. That's a great idea. I'll do that. I'll write that down. Um, another thing is Vegas. Isn't Vegas the most get rich quick 
scheme that Americans are just uberly attracted to? I I don't understand it. Have you ever gambled at Vegas? Um, I have not. So there there's a casino in Oklahoma that's escaping my name right now. Um, Is it Choctaw, or my, or... my mind. I mean, not Choctaw. Windstar. Um, yes, Windstar. Oh. <laughs> um, so I've been there before, um, but I've I've never gambled in Vegas or been at like a poker table where there's more than just my friends and maybe a couple dollars on the on the table over for fun but um no i i i have a very addictive personality and so gambling is one of the things that i'm very careful about yeah yeah because you know once you start because once you go to the casino and you win a game of blackjack you enter this whole new arena that you think is open to you and you think that Wow, I could really make something out of this. Next thing you know, you're down two hundred bucks. Watch Money Explained on Netflix. Um, there is an episode about gambling. Um, I will never gamble outside of a budget ever again. Wow. Like on, on FanDuel, I have the money that I'm going to put in there, and that's it. I'm not reloading. That's what's there. Uh, I've told myself, like in a month, if I want to do, uh, you know, another deposit, I can. But I'm not I'm not throwing, you know, deposits in just to make bets anymore because that's very dangerous. And there's a reason why there's a lot of ATMs at casinos. Oh yeah, for sure. And they give you they give you free drinks. You pay. You have like a minimum to get on a table, and then they'll give you free drinks, which even fuels the fire more. Mm-hmm. So you pay more money. So you're like, oh, I need to go to the ATM, bro. I need to get, <laughs> get some more dinero. Get that cash, homie. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I think that covered everything I had on my little notepad here. Um, do you have anything you want to add on American Dream Talk? Uh, American Dream Talk? No, I think I think we nailed it. it. The American Dream is what it was supposed to be in the beginning, and that's you know creating opportunities for yourself. Um, there's, there's so many avenues that you can do it now. Nobody needs to go get good grades or go to college or have kids or have a white picket fence. You mm. could be happy and never own a home in your whole life. Yeah. That, you know, like you, you said the word it. happy. Yeah. That's what matters. That's what matters. If you're not yourself, you're in the wrong situation. Mm-hmm. Deep. And I think I'm going to close on that. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. All right. Hey, well, that'll do it for the podcast. It's running a little long. I was aiming for 30 minutes, but we we got into a really good conversation there. It's going to be about 50 minutes. Sorry, listeners, if you made it this long. I love you. I will never forget you. We have just eclipsed 500 listens. And today we actually eclipsed 600. So we are moving quickly at the Wally Media podcast, not named Wally Media anymore soon. That will be the next thing that I will unveil at the next podcast. We'll see you later. Bye, Connor. Hasta Lego. Nice job, dude. That was fun. It was fun. I'll stop the recording. Tonight. I talk too much. <laughs> <laughs>